Hey guys, welcome back to the show. We have an announcement to make about the conference. Unfortunately, Sue Walker had to back out due to some health issues, so she will not be joining us this year, but it's okay because we had Margie Kay wanting to present anyway, and she's ready to go. So we are switching out Sue with Margie, and if you guys caught our episode with Margie, a lot of people loved it. She's amazing. And she has a great presentation in store for us. So it is official. Margie K has been added to the lineup and tickets are still available. If you guys want to join us May 22nd through the 25th in Grafton, Illinois, live stream passes are available also for $99. And as of April 1st, day passes will be available for $88. All of that information is below at journeytotruthcon.com. Guys, don't forget, we started our Patreon just recently. Our first webinar was the UFO for Dummies. It was more of a UFO history timeline. And we plan on doing monthly webinars on our Patreon. So go sign up over there. It's only $5 a month if you want access to that. There's other exclusive content that we'll be uploading uh, there shortly. I think up next, there's, Aaron's, Aaron's... There's already some. Just There's already some exclusive content. There already yeah. is. Yeah. Including right. the the conference that was, or the conference, the documentary that was filmed at our conference last year, which is great. Um, it definitely does the secret space program some justice. I think it turned out really well. And Aaron, you want to tell them about what you're getting ready to upload? Yeah, I'm going to upload a video just telling my awakening story. Um, yeah. Just, just my story of how I, how I kind of woke up to all of this stuff. Um, and I hope to have that up sometime later today, actually. So that'd be great. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. So today we are joined by Beth Rachel. Uh, she reached out to us a few months ago and we've been chatting back and forth. Uh, she's an author. She just wrote and she just sent me the first chapter of her new book that's not out yet, but it's called Starseed Landing. And it's brilliant. I, I mean, it's I think it's it's excellent. Aaron read it as well. I uh, can't wait for the whole thing to come out, but it starts telling her story. It's amazing, and I, I do I can feel it's coming from a place of authenticity. So I always appreciate that. So welcome to the show. Thank you. It's good to be here. Yeah. Yeah, we're glad to have you. So um, I guess just let our audience know um, who you are and how you found your way into this realm and uh, <laughs> and what you have to offer, and we can go from there. Yeah. Uh, well... So I too have, of course, like everyone else, an awakening story. Um, mine's a little different in that it was sort of like a reawakening story in that uh, there were a lot of things I suppressed from childhood that I had fragments and pieces of uh, that didn't really understand. And when I started to really wake up, these pieces started to come together and the unfolding of the full story came um, streaming through, which involved ritual cult uh, experiences, childhood sex trafficking, and secret government programs, um, multiple programs. Um, in those experiences, I had, you know, I think that more and more people are coming out, and we're we're aware that you know these these programs are happening and have been happening for some time. For me, my experience was a little bit different in that I had this this tandem relationship with the light. So I was having these dark government experiences, but I was sort of working uh, with the light as sort of a secret agent. And I would go back and forth um, and get assistance from the light, but also be going in uh, with 
with programs from the light, just as much as the dark in some ways, I mean, there was more, you know, um, agreement over here on, on a conscious level um, to help liberate or infiltrate or really it's, you know, so much of what goes on is like attempting to, to stay one step ahead of the other. And so a lot of those sort of tactical um, ways that that I was used was was in that regard of attempting to stay, you know, the light attempting to stay one step ahead of the dark or, no, you know, knowing there was this big uh, incident being planned and how can we adjust the timeline? What actions can we take to adjust the timeline in order to prevent this or soften it, et cetera? Uh, and then the dark kind of doing the same thing, right? So um, that was a lot of what I began to uncover. And through that experience, I had a multitude of of helpers. Um, I had sort of a team that would help kind of put me back together um, and um, and get me back out in the field, so to speak. And some of those were being celestial beings, um, several different races of ETs, primarily Syrian. I also spent some time with them on ships working with working with uh, healing and rebalancing the grid system. And inner earth beings were also uh, some of my my helpers. And then there were both within within the government, um, you know, we have um, and and the military. Um, they're not all on, you know. The dark team. So um, some of those also were employed in in some of these tactical um, engagements. Mm -hmm. I guess, yeah. Yeah, I like the way you worded it in your book. Um, a warrior embedded in the. Uh, what did you say? A warrior of light embedded in the dark. Yeah. And um, that's a great way to, to put it. And you know, and you're being used as moves and counter moves constantly. And that's what we see right now. That's why when we hear like something is supposed to happen but it doesn't happen. Uh, we have to take into consideration that exactly what you just described is happening. You're always you're always trying to stay one step ahead of the other guys, and and for every move, there's a counter move, and in the fog of war, things change. So, yeah, uh, it's like galactic energetic chess, you know. Um, <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, right. Extrasensory chess, remote viewing chess, <laughs> however you want to say it. It's yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And they do, I mean, they do have a lot that they employ that is in future projecting. You know, they use a lot of their technologies and a lot of the children or other people that are working for the, or they're using, you know, to look at the future possible timelines and then make, you know, take action in, in, in hopes of like, okay, so what would happen? And they'll even have you check, like, what would happen if we do this? And what would happen if we do this? So that they can make you know, the, the best decision, you know, mm -hmm. for them. And you yeah. think they're, I guess they would be using like a looking glass type of technology to pull that off. You think? Uh, they have several different technologies they can use to look into the future and, um, looking glass is one of them. Looking glass was, um, developed, uh, you know, with a combination of certain technologies that already existed and, abilities from starseeds like myself so um they you know i can remember being used without a technology just put into a certain mind control state to to project to remote view into the future um, right. without an apparatus you know and uh, i know that that 
for other people as well too. Mm -hmm. And they also have the ability, like your book is called Starseed Landing. And you talk about how they hijack our, our landing basically. And they have like preventative measures in place to keep a star seed from ever waking up. And that's kind of where your story comes in. So you were able to navigate through that. And I'd just like to hear a little bit more about like how you believe that they're doing this and how they're targeting us as we land. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's a couple different ways, right? I mean, first there's sort of the matrix that everyone who comes is affected by the, you know, um, the limiting programs that are just sort of wrapping the earth. So everybody gets affected by those, even those dar seeds. Um, because we're come even, you know, even when they're holding that higher truth, they come into parents that can't quite support it. And just the system in general, the school system, all of it, all of it is designed to keep us limited and disempowered every system we have in place right now is designed from that place um so that's sort of like in general everybody gets that <laughs> and then mm -hmm. for the star seeds specifically there's a couple different ways in which they're tracking them so they are tracking them through the future projecting so that they're they're aware of when they're coming in through looking at the future they track human genetic lines that they know starseeds have shown up in and starseeds generally return to uh to the same genetic line both because their soul family is connected to that and because that dna has stayed a little bit more active than some of the other lines be because of its you know starseed relationship so you know so they've been tracking that part of it for a really long time so those are the two main ways um you know, is that they're they're track the tracking what's already been happening, what's been showing up in the 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 genetic lines that are here on the earth. So they know that if they've got two starseed parents, you know, the likelihood of them birthing a starseed child is is high. Um, and if they've got two different genetic lines, you know, uh, then they know then they you know they're even more excited because then they know they're they've got. The DNA of two star seed lines mm -hmm. um, at their disposal, so they really keep a you know close eye on those. And then when you when you say targeted, I mean most of our audience knows this, but just to go over it again, because like right out of the gate, you know they the whole birth certificate thing is basically you being sold in the first place to these corporations. So sure, yeah. So then you're you're I guess potentially looked at by different secret organizations and governments and even branches of the military shadow government type groups like that and then they decide what they can use you for based on your abilities is that how you would say it works well it depends so i mean looking at the birth certificate sure that's one way but i mean they're they're looking at this all energetically right this is all on a psychic playing field um so they're they don't need that piece of paper to tell them, you know, who, who's who. Um, it is definitely important because it is one of those, uh, those systems I was talking about. Right. And maybe that's what you meant. Like it's another way in which we're automatically kind of giving up our power, um, and, and becoming part of, but, um, that's not the only way so that they also track. Okay. So 
So government programs do their recruiting in a couple different ways. One of those ways is through cults, uh, because the children already have, they're already mind controlled. They're, you know, really easy to get in there and uh, control further. They also uh, ha have already been like leaving their body and in and using their abilities if they ha you know have them, which m most everybody does on some level or another. So they're prime, right? And and their parents also um, more than likely are also involved in the cult, and so are going to give them certain access. The other main way is through the mill labs which are usually guised as special programs for your special child. And sometimes that's focused on, you know, um, like they're academically special. So we want to give them, you know, a program. And sometimes they come right out and say, uh, you know, that it's for their extrasensory abilities. So from there, from both of those two points of extraction, they start running the children through series of tests to see exactly which abilities they display and then from there they decide which uh programs they're going to do best you know mm -hmm. i kind of hate to say it but like that they're going to perform best in right based on the abilities that they're displaying right so do you yeah. have any memory uh of any specific groups that you were a part of like or do you just have like vague memories that are out of context or do you know like this branch of the military was using me, this government agency was using me? Yeah, most of my use was through secret government. So my situation was a little bit unique because I had this direct line to the light. So when I came in and I agreed to be embedded in that way, um, I, I remember coming directly from Sirius, which is not the only DNA that I bring with me, but it was like the direct line. And when I when I made that kind of announcement that I was going in, I, you know, because I had this idea that like, you know, we were going to free everybody from the inside out and, you mm -hmm. know, make everybody, you know, realize that that was the way to win. And anyway, different realizations came later, but my father, my Syrian father, um, you know, he was kind of like, well, if you're going, I'm going. So he ended up taking the role he came in more as a shapeshifter so he didn't fully like birth into human form he came in as a shapeshifter and embedded himself in the military as a general at the head of the program that i was used for and the program that i was used for was a little bit unique in that they look for certain um they look for certain children i've been told the word principal there might be another word for it, but a principal is a child that is that displays abilities in multiple areas. So they have telekinetic abilities, they have telepathic abilities, they have the remote viewing abilities, they may have mind projection abilities um, or thought projection, so on and so forth. But they have this array of abilities. They end up in a in a specific program that he had assigned himself to kind of be you know, an overseer of, at least in this generation, right? I don't know exactly what that's been in the past. Um, and then from there, they utilize this group of kids to help um, refine some of their programs and develop technologies that they want to utilize. So help me understand your yeah. father coming here, but not incarnating. 
in the way that we would recognize, but embedding himself in the military as an, like an entity working through people. How no, did, as how a did... general, like he would show up in physical form. He just didn't come and and through the birthing process. So he would take his physical body, his Syrian body, and just have the ability to shapeshift into human so oh, that he okay. appeared human. Yeah. So to everybody else's knowledge, you know, he was this general um, and this was the role that he played. Uh, I see. So they, if you didn't know any better, just thought he was a regular human general. Yeah. I see. So yeah. that that would explain how some of the shape-shifting occurs. So I guess, like, what do they do? Trick our mind, trick our visual cortex so that we, it's like an illusion that we see a human, even though it's actually something else? Or do you even understand how that works? Different races have different abilities. Uh, I, the way that he did it is um, actually just through, they can molecularly shift their DNA. Okay. So it's not... Um, you know, it's similar to teleportation is really just, uh, you know, molecules coming apart and back together. So it's working with that ability of basically molecules coming apart, coming back together, but rearranging them. So he's mm -hmm. maintaining the same consciousness the whole time. He's just rearranging his physicality because they're operating at a different level of consciousness than we right. are in human form right now. Yeah. yeah, thank thank you for explaining that because I've heard it in multiple different explanations on how and how it go ahead. Well, I think the reptilians do it in a different way. Yeah. Um I think that they they are um you know they use some some technology similar to what you were talking about in manipulating uh our cortex um coupled with a few other things like kind of more projective holographic devices mm -hmm. and things. Yeah. Um yeah, but a little bit more or mind play rather than molecule arranging. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. It's like a mind control slash holographic overlay slash frequency. I've heard like a, a, one of the purpose for all these 5G towers and this entire network, this grid of towers is to keep the earth at a certain frequency at a certain resonance that maintains that illusion. And like I've heard that if we were to destroy those towers, and that frequency stopped playing, we would actually see the reptilians for who they were. Uh, so that they're they're like relying on that frequency to stay hidden. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's definitely, I would definitely agree to say that there are, um, there's a huge mind control frequency being uh, run through the 5G towers. And I think that had a lot to do with COVID and, you know, a, a lot of other things. Um, mm -hmm. And so I wouldn't be surprised if it's influencing that. I don't know if it's, if I would um, say it's the only, you know, aspect, because they've been doing that since before 5G towers, you oh, know. Yeah. Um, but I think it, it definitely has induced a whole other level of like group hypnotic state programming. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's the way they get us to unconsciously accept and agree to. Uh, the, our own suppression in a yeah. way. Yeah. 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 Well, their techniques and tactics has changed throughout time, but they're very clever and they, with technology, you know, uh, are getting more and more clever and it's getting easier and easier for them. And I think, you know, one of my biggest concerns right now is the push towards transhumanism for that reason. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. That's their number one game right now, I think. Yeah, I feel it's definitely at the, the forefront and 
it's uh, it's concerning when you see uh, how easily people slip right in there. And right. I think that you know the technology of whatever's in those vaccines, coupled with the five G, it's like right. You know that frequency matches those nanobots. That's that's why it was designed that way. As far as you know, my information comes in. So. Mm -hmm. um, you've kind of got like a frequency and a receiver. It's right. Yeah. So then, so your father embedded himself in the military and that he came first, then you, when you were born here, somehow you were already selected to be a part of that group is what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Well, my, um, I'll just say, um, yeah, no one was unaware of of my family's genetics. I'll say that much. Mm -hmm. uh, so, um, yeah, all of the things that I was involved in, I was involved in from you know pre pre birth. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, at what age did you start realizing? Oh, hey, I might. I'm, I'm. There's something more going on here. Like I might be involved in these programs. I have these memories. When did all that start happening? And then you start tapping into your own abilities, I guess. Yeah. So um, when I was 15, I had an experience that uh, brought me to a point where uh, my soul was no longer willing to participate in the way that I had with the back and forth between the light and the dark and the war, essentially. Mm -hmm. um, in, order to, in order to be extracted from that, um, I had to kind of be my my awareness of that and of my abilities had to kind of be put to sleep. So I spent, I would say within a couple of years, some things started churning in me. I started reaching out and looking for ways to wake myself up. You know, started by the time I was 17, I was like at the crystal shop, getting readings from the intuitive healer, you know, uh, reaching out in all of these ways. And, um, I think I was 20 when I had my first flashback. Um, and yeah, I kind of repressed it. I wasn't quite ready. <laughs> um, and it was a couple years later that things really started to stream in. And then when I hit my Saturn return, it was like, boom, I was just like, you know, pull the string on the sweater and blown wide open. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. And, and so you mentioned, obviously, this is a, a huge healing. This is the start of a healing journey now, too, when this happens to any of us. And you mentioned in your book how you talk about the dark energy and how some we talk about this dark energy trying to come in sometimes, but really your opinion is that it's it's within us trying to come out and, and it's showing us what needs to be healed. Can you go into that a little? Yeah, deeper? yeah. Um, and it's not to say, obviously, there's, you know, there is this sort of war going on on the external. Um, but I really feel that our solution is is internal. Um because it's really about disengagement and it's hard to do that when we, we, we can't see the places where we have participated. So when we go inward to look for that, that I kind of mean that twofold when I say it, uh, as in, I watch people a lot of times, uh, you know, even clients who come to me or I watch people in ceremonies, but you know, there's this dark energy trying to get at me, um, 
you know, and I can, I can see that actually what's happening is that they have some trauma that they haven't dealt with. It's getting triggered. And what happens when we experience that is we have like this open portal through time to that event. And that part of us, when it gets triggered, it opens that portal. So it seems like the dark is trying to, you know, come get us right now. But really the reality is that thing already happened and it hasn't been resolved. So that wound is still open. That portal is still open and going into it, which is not the comfortable choice, but I do believe it is the necessary choice to go into it because we left that precious part of ourself within that as well. So when we can heal that experience uh, and bring resolution to that dark that we're identifying as a threat and recognize that it is no longer a threat and bring ourselves more into wholeness, that that's true expansion. And when we get into that place of true expansion, then we're empowered. And it's like, it doesn't really matter what's going on. You know, what the dark, the light can play whatever game they want. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you nailed it. And I think uh, going back to what you said when you first started saying that, um, how you can't, if you don't know, where you've been and how you've been using these programs, you don't know what needs to be healed. And that's the hardest part is coming to the realization that something bigger is happening. So like, what what did that look like for you? Was it just like, did you have any concept or awareness of these programs or did the memories come first? I did. I did. And I'm grateful that I did. I actually was practicing theta healing at the time. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that healing modality, but uh, it works a lot with with repatterning the subconscious. So basically I was practicing that for several years, like waking up my sub, my unconscious, not, not really like knowing, or that wasn't my intention, you know, but that's what was happening. So my subconscious was getting primed this whole time. And I had an array of clients coming to me who had ritual programming, who had all kinds of abuse, but ritual programming, government project programming, um, clients who were even still being accessed, uh, which, uh, you know, was, was scary at the time because I didn't have the boundaries that I do now. And I didn't really know how to handle it. You know, I just knew I could feel it and I could see what was going on. Um, you know, I would I would work with deprogramming them and they'd come back the next week and someone had rearranged the programming that we worked on. And it was like, oh, OK, um, you know, and that was before I had come to turn. I had like really hit my stuff, but mm -hmm. so I was very aware of how it worked. I was also used as a kid in a lot of programming as my memory started to come up. So I, I understood more deeply like what was going on with the mind and how that worked, which mm -hmm. helped me a lot, actually. Um, but yeah, I was very aware. Uh, I also simultaneously in tandem had um, a friend who was working as a therapist who and a lot of therapists don't know about this stuff, but this this person she was training under happened to know. And so so all kinds of information was coming through that channel as well as I was, you know, unraveling my own uh, mm -hmm. information. Interesting. And you mentioned so when you started deprogramming your clients. Uh, also, I want you to explain what you offer, because I don't think you've told our audience yet um, as far as what you offer as far as sessions go. Can you do that first and I'll follow up with my question? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't normally call it like deprogramming. It just seemed appropriate in the right. context of what I was saying. But, 
that um, I do work a, a lot with repatterning the subconscious, right? And as it is a reflection of our outer experience. And when we've had these kind of traumas occur, we get very, um, there's a lot of twisted definitions of things. There's a lot of twisted perspectives of things. There's a lot of limitations and the programs themselves um, are, you know, there's time release programs. There's programs that don't get triggered until you hit the memory. Um, there's looping programs. So all of those really require us to go into them and for the client to really feel what what was up when that happened, there, there's a real presence required from the client in order for us to start to disentangle mm -hmm. what um, what they accepted as truth at that time. What do you mean by time-released programs? Yeah, well, there's some programs. I mean, they have a way of putting programs in that are, um, for instance, um, like prevent different preventative programming, right? So um, in order, if you are to come out with a certain amount of truth, right, whatever they define and program as truth as you sharing, then, you know, this is going to happen, uh, you know, whatever that, that, that thing is that they, they threaten you with. Um, and that's put in, in a certain way that as soon as you hit that space where you're even considering telling your truth, you hit the program and you're in that terror and you don't even know why. Right. Right. Because, mm -hmm. because the, the program was like, Oh, your whole family's going to be murdered. You're going to be what, you know, whatever it is, it's, uh, it's, different um for different people but um mm -hmm. yeah so so then going back to that dark energy so there is like a counter move in place already for when we start waking up which could be considered an attack from the external um and you know you while you're fighting your own inner demons and trying to heal that there is things happening in our lives some people are targeted because they're star seeds and so there is an external force also so it is it, it's really interesting you said like you'll work with somebody and then uh something happens what you say it's rearranged somehow and then they come back to you and so you have to work through that and so that that shows you like the lengths they'll go to to suppress these people yeah yeah and it's internal and external but if we don't have the point of attraction on the internal then the external doesn't you know it doesn't have anything to come into right yeah so right. that's why you know that's why i say focus inward because if you clean up what's what's inside then there's not that point of attraction anymore mm -hmm. right that's why i can come to you now and share this story right because mm -hmm. i've cleaned up what's inside not right. that there's not still more because i right. <laughs> still go through stuff yeah i've heard different people say that um, the lower your vibration is, the more that they can hook into you, the more that the dark can connect to you. So the more, so really your inner healing and you're raising your vibration naturally almost prevents the dark from being able to connect to you because you're at too high of a frequency. Um, so there's that aspect. It's almost just like, it's just science, really. It's just like, yeah, there is uh, that. Mm -hmm. It's just the reality of, of uh, it's like, if you're if you're really healed and you're you know you love yourself you have self-love and self-worth um you're not going to be susceptible to 
entities really and to like these dark and to even these frequencies are they're beaming these mind control things and all the different manipulations um you're not going to be nearly as susceptible to any of that stuff so the the biggest thing you can do is to work on yourself mm -hmm. um, and as you awaken then you're going to be project your your frequency is affecting whether you realize it or not everything around you everyone around you on a subconscious level and that's going to help wake and wake other people up and affect them in a positive way so it's like you know a lot of times we get caught up on only the external and we think we have to do external things and fight this external war when really it's it's within it's it's mm -hmm. really an internal process mm -hmm. and then that's going to manifest externally yeah, and sad. you know yeah. that's why that's why the best thing that can happen on a collective level we see these negative things happening and on one level yeah it's terrible but it's but it really it's great because it's waking people up and it's forcing people to deal with their shit <laughs> and it's mm -hmm. it's like breaking people out of their you know zombified state and their patterns and their and their mind controlled state so i feel like a big process of this awakening is it's almost like the dark is being allowed to to go a certain to to do a certain amount you know but, <clears throat> but they're not going to allow the plant to be completely destroyed that's why they're not allowing nukes and things like that um they're not going to allow us to be completely destroyed but everyone's being given an opportunity to heal to awaken and to see what's what's really going on see and then and then understand who you are in relation to that and realize our own power and you know it's the whole thing so but but we have to be the ones to wake up no one's going to do that for us right. no one's going to save that. us outside of us so it's it all comes back to we are the ones we've been waiting for you know mm -hmm. so yeah yeah yeah, yeah. That's why I think it's so important for these star seeds to wake up because mm -hmm. they're carrying so so much with them. Many of these star seeds are, you know, have been around for a long time creating planets and systems, and and it got to the point where it was like Earth was not really moving forward. So right. we decided to come incarnate and and so if they really deal with their stuff, then you've got these pillars, you know, locked in that are vibrating at that frequency. And it makes it so much easier for other people mm -hmm. to wake up. Right. Yes, exactly. And you mentioned earlier, like somebody um, being scared or they'll be too scared to talk or be traumatized um, by something that mm -hmm. happened to them. So they just almost obviously these attacks are in place. So you throw in the towel and you walk away and you just shut up. That's what they want you to do. And yeah. I see, and I see people even doing that on a surface level, like, like mm -hmm. online people are like, Oh, I'm, I'm walking away from the truth or community. I'm done. It's too toxic. Uh, this and that. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, that's literally by design. That's what they that, want. You to do. You fell like, into the trap. Exactly. You fell into the trap. Like everything you that you're it. experiencing right now is happening <laughs> by design to so <laughs> You all right there? Bless you. Yeah. Bless you. <laughs> Bless you. Uh, everything that's happening to you in that moment to make you want to walk away is it's a test. It's happening by design. So you just like, I, I'm done with this. I'm going to go back to my job and, and matrix or do whatever. I just live my peaceful life. They're like celebrating when somebody does that. I feel like that's one less voice for them to have to worry about. Also, it, it, yeah. oh sorry really really quick i feel like people feel like they have to join a community or join like it's not about that 
like a lot of people they're like oh i'm walking away from the truth or community because everyone's so in fear and everyone's uh trying to put their beliefs on everyone else and while yeah that is very much happening that is i observe that as well and that's been happening for a while uh that's each person's own individual journey that's where they're at but there's no there's no like it's not like a religion that you join it's not like oh i this is the belief system that i'm joining in like this group it's like you can you can um interact with these people while not joining any don't don't join any group don't be like i am a part of this community i'm a part of that community it's not about being a part of the community it's about like-minded like-hearted individuals and being yeah. a sovereign being within that it's a movement so movement. there's no there's no truth community it's a global movement like right. like if you're if you think that you're in a community that's exactly what you're in but it's really global and anyway you right. were going to say something beth oh, yes oh, uh, no it's uh, fine i was just going to say that you know um you were talking about sort of those pressure cooker moments you know when when people are like okay i'm out of here i know I always feel like, okay, Annie up one more time. You know, it's like, we have to keep Anning up right. in those moments right. um, when we want to leave, uh, because that's what it's going to, that's what it takes. Mm -hmm. That's what it takes. Uh, it's, it takes being pushed to the limit and beyond. And, you know, I know that's, that's what I went through and remembering it is painful enough you know um but being pushed to that absolute limit is that point in which we let go of the fight which is what is necessary in right. order to yeah in order to really move forward yeah that's what you said said in your book referring to your book like it's a book it's one chapter <laughs> but yeah. it, uh, there's so much it's so jam-packed full of great information um, you talk about the the ultimate goal is disengaging from the war, not like choosing a side. Like you have to find that neutral ground and that balance. Um, it's not really about us versus them or good versus evil, which it is on a surface level. But to rise above that, can you explain what you've meant by that a little more, please? Yeah. Um, for me, I'll share um, how I got to that place, because I think that that is also helpful. Um in my last government mission, I was sent to access a device. I was under a mind control program. I was sent under the ice to access this ancient device. And the goal being for the, the, the dark, the shadow, to gain some access to it because they hadn't been able to gain access to it. With my Syrian DNA, it's a Syrian device. The idea was, okay, you know, we get a Syrian child to do this with the right programming. We can get in there. Uh, I had already kind of gone through some things uh, within the like previous six months that really were getting me to a place where I was very weary in my my continued participation in this back and forth and this war game. So I was already on the edge. And when I touched this device, it sent this frequency through my entire being and shot me out of my body to my soul and showed me the recreation of the entire planet how it was done and reminded me of the intention of which it was done and i heard it's not about winning 
And it was such a powerful moment for me that when I came back in my body, I sent a telepathic message out to my my people, my group. And I was like, come get me. I'm done. Like, come mm. get me. And and they did. And there was quite a process to get me out of that. And it did involve, you know, really me going to sleep in a lot of ways. Um, but I didn't have to play that game the same way anymore. Uh, there was still some involvement in some cold things and some other things that took longer to disengage from because I didn't have the same amount of help. Um, but in that moment, I really got that the moment you pull out of participating in any game, right? It doesn't matter what the game is, then it's it's not the it's not the game anymore. So right, it's not right. about winning over you know, either side winning over the other. It's about stopping. It's about disengaging. You're you're feeding into the energy of it when you when you're fighting it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter which side you're on. You know, people all the time talk about like the lights winning, the lights winning, and I'm like, if you only knew how many times I have been in the thick of it with the idea that the light was going to win, you know. Um, the dark like, has no power. The dark has no power apart from the light or God or source, whatever you want. Yeah. To call it. Well, the other thing is, is it's this that is a game that has no ending. You know, it's been going on right. forever in different carnations, in different galaxies, in different. You know, it's like duality. It's duality. Yeah, right. and there's no way to win at duality. You know, there's just, there's just no is. way to win. Right. What's that? And at the higher dimensions, the the higher you go, the less duality there is because because the unification is greater and greater. I mean, everything is one, but it's, we have, we have a very strong illusion of separation on this third density level. So the duality is very prominent. apparent. It's yeah. very prominent here, but, but ultimately we are all one. So it's all affecting, we're all affecting each other all the time, no matter what. And um, you are essentially fighting yourself when you're fighting anything outside of you. Absolutely. <laughs> is, it goes back to that inner work, right? Doing it to and yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, from what I know and what I would share in the rest of the book, that first chapter, by by the way, is, is available for free on the website um, to anybody. So on my website, BethRachel.com. Yeah. Um, but, you know, as I continue to do, to dive into that story, the story that was told to me by by actually communicating with the planet itself, you know, is that this this creation, this experience or experiment, whatever you want to call it, right? This, this earth, this planet we have is designed to be a microcosmic experience of unity consciousness. So when we really land here and we really plug in and we really allow ourselves to be an extension of the planet, it becomes that same unity that we're searching for in you know, the, the talk of like needing, we're ascending. It's like, it's really, again, a journey within. It's already here available to us. We've just got so many layers of bullshit programming on top of it that we can't see it. So it's like, we got to, you know, take those off, go inside, do our deeper work, and then really like connect in with what's already available. Right. And yes, amen. Right, exactly. And going back to what you mentioned about like this, um, these narratives we hear about the light is winning, um, the white hats are in charge, you know, whatever, are in control. Um, a lot of what I've noticed is 
we're experiencing storytelling, you know, like dramatized storytelling. And we it's just like creating these false narratives in a way. Not that these things aren't happening, but I feel like a lot of of, of these influencers and a lot of these big names, um, like when you really go and listen to them, you realize I'm just listening to these like stories that they can't be validated one way or the other. And like you, you're giving your power away to that. What are your thoughts on that? Um, which story specific? Can you be a little bit more specific? I, I just mean when we hear like, um, oh, everything's cleaned up. We're all we've won. Okay. You know, the evil's gone. Or like um, disclosure is going to happen in two years or right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. going to land in two years and yeah. uh, QFS is going to happen next year and the EBS okay. is going to happen next month. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, some people may not like my perspective of it, but um, I don't listen to any of it. And I'll tell you why. And the reason is um, because I do feel like it ends up being a lot of drama. There's that one. Two is that, um, well, I worked for the White Hats. I oh. went in as a child to rescue, other, like embedded like a letter be kidnapped, letter be taken to the slaughterhouse. I've, I mean, I've seen all the things that you hear about. Like I've seen them. I've seen the fields of the pods of children being grown. I've, I've had adrenochrome extracted. I've, you know, I've, I've firsthand seen it all. And I'm going to tell you that like that story is never going to end. It's never going to end. And, and they are constantly playing. Let's stay one step ahead of, of the other. So for me, I'm like, I put myself through hell for those, you know, uh, those rescues or those encounters or those, you know, for somebody to get one step ahead. And there was just nobody telling the story at that point in time. And so there's, now there's just somebody telling the story. But the other thing I think that happens, and this happens both within disclosure community and uh, the ascension, I mean, it happens everywhere. Is like these, there's these energies of distortion that come in and spin the story it's like okay well where is that information coming from like who told you that the that you know this is happening where mm -hmm. where who's the source where is the source coming from you know and i think it gives people a lot of false hope and think it really works people up to like there's a rescue happening or there's a you know there's something that's going to take me out of this pain and i think that it's really um, it's really like disheartening for me to watch because I, I think it, it's, it's putting people through this, like bring them up and then let them down and then bring them in. And, yeah. and some of the things I hear, I'm just like, no, that's not like, right. That's not the situation. Um, and it make it bums me out because I think that people are really being taken advantage of in their inability to discern truth because they've been lied to for so long, you know, and they get all these injections uh, of all these different lines of, of story. Uh, and there's no way to ascertain truth because it just hasn't been part of the vibration here. You know, I, I think that kids should be like, that's what they should be told how to discern truth in school. That should be like number one, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, they usually know, but then they get well, distortions on top of it. But that's just it. There's no foundation of truth to begin with. So no. what you can, you don't really know what's true. We don't know what's no. ultimately true. Well, ultimately what's true is, so here's the thing, because a lot of, a lot of that information is almost like encouraging people to give their power away to things outside of them. And then the people, everyone who's at that level, who's very unhealed, 
because you're only going to keep giving your power away to things outside of you when you're very unhealed and you you don't realize it's within you and you are it <laughs> so it's like it's connected to like the people that are very unhealed they're like it's no different than people in a, in a religion that need a savior or people that uh that think oh once i make this amount of money then my then i'll be okay once i get to here then i'll be okay you know uh you're giving your power away to things outside of you which is an illusion and you don't it it's keeping you trapped in that cycle and you're never okay with the now and you're never you never realize of your true power and the ironic thing is that all the negative all the negativity all the terrible things happening all the pain and suffering well suffering is is actually a very useful it's almost like a useful tool to awaken you but then once you awaken then you don't need the suffering anymore it's like Eckhart Tolle talks about this like so all these people that are like giving their power away to the white hats and giving their power away to ETs to save us and all these things to save us are the ones that actually need the suffering to awaken to the, then they can wake up to their true power. <laughs> so it's like, right. they're trying to run from the thing they actually need. It's like almost. Well, the pain and the like, discomfort is, is it's, it shows you where to focus. Yes. Like exactly. If there's, if there's pain and discomfort, go into it because that's where your answer is. Exactly. That's what the answer is. And the desire exactly. to be rescued, you know, I mean, that's an old story. It's like we all want to be rescued from our, our personal pain, but like the humanity wants to be rescued from the mess of humanity, right? But uh, but, who, but we're the ones, we're the ones like we have a part in this creation. That's what we, oh, we, uh, we are the creation. We are the creation. Yeah, and it's not until the moment that we claim that and yeah. we, we, we're like, okay, yeah, let's, it's uncomfortable, it hurts. But I'm going to go into it because I know that on the other side, it's just me. It's more me, <laughs> you right. know, and I right. can expand into me and and create from there. Like, it's a lot easier to create from wholeness than it is from these fragmented, you know, parts of ourselves that we we're walking around with if we're carrying all those wounds and all right. that pain. And it's yeah. a lot easier to sit on your couch or at your keyboard and point fingers and put the blame everywhere else outside of yourself and instead of like right. looking face literally looking yourself in the mirror and addressing the areas that are being highlighted even the blame you know even the blame of the dark or the shadow whatever you want to call them is it's like some part of us called them in that's part of the initiation that earth is going through like there is no there is no creation without co-creation like mm -hmm. we're always a part of all of it so you know mm -hmm. the pointing the finger thing everything is a reflection and it's not like a necessarily an exact reflection but it's all a piece of something to look at it within right. ourselves what do i need to heal within myself what is what is this showing me what is this trying to teach mm -hmm. that's the key everything if you ask the question what is this trying to teach me for everything in your life that happens to you yeah. everything because yeah. it's universe doesn't do things that don't have a purpose like that's mm -hmm. not a thing <laughs> right it, it's things aren't like... random things don't, don't happen that just are meaningless that's not a thing everything is teaching you something everything is there for a reason there's always an offer for more growth right we're right? on an right. infinite journey and that's the other part that i think i can't stress enough it's like this is an infinite journey this is mm -hmm. not destination oriented we're it's we're not going to get swooped up and land in heaven and it's right. you know because i think and happily ever after and that's that's it. an idea that's going on too yeah and you know our souls are freaking infinite and 
we're going to do this again and again. This is a painful point. This is a point of an apex where the energy has gotten to a certain you know level. And there are some sort of critical moves to make, which I believe really, again, as we've been talking about going inward and really claiming the power, um, it's, it is a moment of transition. Mm-hmm. And if you kind of, sometimes I even look at this, like, as you know, a reflection of the experience of birth, because that moment of transition is when labor changes and same thing, you can focus on the pain and the discomfort and, you know, hightail it out of there, get a C-section, you know, find some way to escape it, drugs and C-section, or you can go into it. And on the other side, you know, you've got this, this gem. So that's essentially like the portal that earth needs to, you know, humanity is going through right now if they, they choose. Yeah. Yeah. And it's important that we take this stuff seriously. Something else you talked about in your chapter. Uh, It's, you know, we don't have the luxury to be misusing their energy anymore. I feel like, you know, once you're aware, there's no going back anyway, but uh, take it seriously. But at the same time, don't like forget to have fun. Like don't go, you need need to maintain that balance. And, you know, because we're, it's not just about us, but as we work on ourselves, we're, we're literally activating mother earth and like reigniting, you know, the grid. And I guess you could say. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And balance it with fun for sure. Right. I don't know if I said that in that chapter, but absolutely. Yeah. I agree. Right. You know, find ways to, to experience joy and. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You mentioned, you know, we're here activating the earth's systems. What did you mean by that exactly? Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to go into a huge amount of detail just because that will be in the book, but um, basically the system is designed for our our bodies to be an extension of her body mm-hmm. and her energy to move through our body. We are a channel for her energy. So it all moves in one. We're part of her toroid. In other words, all life here is. And there is a collective consciousness that gets shared within that energy flow and exchange. And that's how we're, we create, continue to create the world at uh, the earth. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so you can see how reclaiming that is really powerful because the, the shadow right now is like through some of those technologies, they're really working on a reverse flow of energy that does not go in alignment with her flowing through us and that unity that happens when we can connect in that way and really harmonize with ourselves as an extension of her, we drop into a different point of consciousness where we're not, we're not so mind oriented anymore. It's not, it's not even about being heart oriented, although yes, much more than mind, but it's like deep body where we're just, we're trusting in this we are part of this group organism at that mm-hmm. point. Right. Yeah. yeah. So they, they want us to be part of their energy grid. But yeah. That's, that's created. Simulation. By, <laughs> right. They're not, so, so they're disconnecting yeah. us from the earth's toroid energy field and they're hooking us into their false matrix energy grid that, you know, they're encompassing the entire planet with via satellites and towers. So it's, that's why, like you insist that we take this seriously because you know we need to get back and connect with mother earth again so that other false system can't even exist anymore yeah yeah um well and and that's kind of the point of trauma too right because it's 
the trauma that that locks up that lower part of the body it it closes it down it's like we automatically shut down and that's our access point to the earth so mm-hmm. there's you know i mean there's like multiple streams of of in which ways that they really target but trauma and abuse this is why it's multi-generational this is like one of very intelligent clever tactics we'll just teach them to suppress themselves we don't even have to do it right, right. and and just that is like automatic disconnection from our bodies, from safety in our bodies and from the earth and connection to the earth, Mm -hmm. you know, and then they've got all the other layers. But I did want to mention that layer because I think it's, it's so important when you're working with, with trauma and it doesn't even matter whether or not it's physical or sexual, although for a lot of people it is, but any kind of trauma is going to lock up that area of the body and shut it down. Right. right. And like you, you nailed it. Like we're suppressing ourselves and like they've done all the groundwork. So we're programming ourselves by the decisions we make every single day. And they know that the system's set up to support that. So mm-hmm. they, they can just sit back at some point basically and allow us to, to do the work for them. In a lot of ways, yeah. There's a lot of sort of hands-off uh, autopilot happening. Right. Yeah. You mentioned the 12 levels of consciousness in your in your chapter. I don't know if you have all of them memorized off the top of your head, but I, I thought it was really fascinating how you described them and you, and you correlated them to the 12 chakra system. Would you mind going into that a little bit? Yeah. Um, that's sort of a combination. It's it's come through from a combination of things that I've studied in a way to bring some organization for people because I, I teach about consciousness and um and I teach about healing. So it's a it's a it's a way to break things down so that it makes sense to people how we individuate from source consciousness. So I work within the 12 chakra system and that every chakra is part of a level of consciousness. So that's a level of consciousness that all beings and all energy has is a part of, and our chakra is the part of our essence within that, if that makes sense. Right. So at source, I, you know, source, everything is one. We're all one. It's that, that source point of infinite consciousness where everything is possible and and then we individuate from there. And so for me, that's the 12th chakra. That's pure oneness. And that's our our sort of portion of that, right? That's where our spark of God comes from or our co-creative consciousness comes from. And all of this. So for me, it's like a pillar of light that each individual has. And when we when we individuate from there, we basically we start to get form and structure. And this is where some of the laws of the universe come in to create that form and structure. Uh, I believe you do get masculine and feminine, but they're working in harmony. So you don't quite have duality yet. Um, And then when you move into the 10th level of consciousness, where that 10th chakra is, that's what I call the soul level. That's where the soul begins to individuate and where different souls that are in resonance as far as what they might want to learn or how they want to grow, they find each other and they work with some of these laws to create realities, to create systems, planets, where 
that that desire for learning can take place. And so we've got lots, you know, and there's lots of other stuff going on in that level of consciousness. It's like a very busy level of consciousness. It's where most channeled information comes from. Uh, it's where most galactic information comes from. Most visitations come from. And then we go into our higher self, which really is like carrying the roadmap for what the soul chooses to learn in a particular embodiment. And for me, I'm really seeing that, you know, as our, we, in the, we still do. I mean, we, we have multiple higher selves because we're multidimensional, right? One soul. So you could see it as like a, a, a wheel with the many spokes as the many higher selves. And what I see happening lately in a lot of people's experience of timeline convergence is these higher selves are coming in to one because in order for this creation to be successful, we need all of our focus here as much as possible. So I'm really seeing the integration of that happening for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. uh, and then we start coming slowly, uh, coming, we start coming into the body. You have kind of the spirit realm or the astral realm where a lot of astral projection happens and then start coming into the body through the crown, that gateway. And the crown is kind of an interesting space in that it is that gateway between body and these other levels of consciousness, what are sometimes referred to as higher levels of consciousness. And it's a space that a lot of energies like to try to grab at because it's that gateway. And if they, they can have access to it, then, you know, yay, woohoo huh, for them. Right. Um, a lot of cults do like, they'll do like blessings and inject like energies into that area to try to, uh, you know, maintain some control over their individuals. Um, and then, of course, we come into the head, which I really call the consciousness of mind. And even though we have so many psychic abilities in here, this really is mind. And so much going on here as well at, on so many levels. And I can't stress enough that the level of unconsciousness that we have in our mind and the imbalance between the conscious and unconscious mind. And I truly believe the more of the unconscious that we can expand into, that's, that's the goal. That's, that's our expansion. That's our evolution. That's, that's our success point. Um, you know, whether this, this planetary design succeeds or not, um, as a soul and as a part of consciousness, it's the claiming of more of our presence here as we bring more of that unconscious conscious, mm -hmm. um, speaking our truth and really embodied sound. And I think this gets minimized too much. Our languages on earth are all designed. Again, it's like, it's all designed uh, with limitation and our languages are incredibly limited as particularly the conquering languages like English um, there's intentionally, uh, you know, just not certain sounds available. There's also intentionally certain sounds that were made to use a lot, um, because they, they either open or close energy. And mm. I think this is a reason that light language has become, you know, more and more prominent. And I know for me, when I speak light language, it really bypasses so much of those limitation frequencies and I can get so much more uh information across in um in, in such a shorter amount of time 
and right. clear so much more energy. Right. Um, well, they say the true. S, like the S is like the, a, a hissing sound that we make. And it's like that slask, that reptilian slask. And every time we say the word S, we're hissing. And um, just interesting. And it's one of the most common letters in the English language. Right. Reason. Right. Yeah. 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 All right, keep keep going. You're almost to the bottom. Almost to the bottom. So <laughs> that was um, great. yeah, yeah, heart, uh, and really sharing that that heart field and coming into compassion, um, embodied will in the solar plexus and on that entire level of consciousness, right? So as we're we're dropping further and further into this body and through these these layers of consciousness, these are you know these are frequencies that it's not just within our body. Like this is the frequency that we hit if we put our focus there. And that embodied will, our center is actually really um, also pretty minimized. And there's a lot of abilities within that center that when we really are activated and we pull, we can pull our energy in from uh, future and past, essentially like full presence into that center, there's a lot of power that gets activated. Um, and a lot of abilities that get activated. Um, and then moving into um, into our emotional center and the center of really of creation uh, in that second second level of consciousness, it's embodied creation. And mm-hmm. of course, that's not just babies and birth and sexual energy, but that is part of it. Um, but it's everything we create. And creative energy is so suppressed right now you know but it's like art movement dance singing all of that is keeps the energy flowing and moving and keeps us sharing information with each other and when we share we're activating each other and we're we're further building and progressing you know it's like we're not meant to like not have momentum you know and earth is like so right now because we don't have any of that creative energy flowing to that degree like mm-hmm. right yeah um well and and then the the sacral chakra like that second level of consciousness you're talking about that's targeted the most by entities it's the easiest place to access through this through sexual energy and that's why they want a hyper sexualized society and that's why it's promoted everywhere um this is how the entities attach to us and this is how they control us and manipulate us therefore suppress the creativity so we're no longer creating um we're just operating we're just functioning we're not you know they're trying to cut off that creativity and they're promoting sex on all levels starting at a child at a young Mm -hmm. age now and like i say like we call them stds sexually transmitted diseases but i say there it should be demons sexually transmitted (laughs) demons uh, yeah. Because that's what happens. You 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 start getting people who are unaware and they don't know anything about the sacred sexuality, and you're passing around these entities from one to another, and then um, you you know you're picking up their trauma, they're picking up your trauma, and it's collectively um, it's a mess. And they're and so obviously much gets exchanged at that right. level. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I could go on and on. Uh, this is one of the subject I'm, subjects I'm writing about in my book, but uh, that sacral chakra, that second level of consciousness is uh that's their target point yeah there's there's a reason why every, basically everyone in the cabal is a pedophile and <laughs> why they like seriously like yeah. they're all there's a reason they're, that's not just a random thing like there's a 
very specific reason for that. And it's everything to do with what you just said right? and why they promote it and why they're like openly promoting it and pushing it now, you know, normalizing it, trying Normalizing to. It. Uh, so then I would hit- add that, yeah, the, the, the fear and terror that it, that it also imparts, it makes it that much easier. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's, it's part of it with the pedophilia. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So then moving on to the root chakra, the first level yeah the first level of consciousness like full embodiment and connection to the earth and when that happens when we can really really land in that way then we're really tapping into the oneness here so we've got oneness at the top one is at the you know bottom and one of the things i talk about is how creation is not a straight line you know it's not so as much as we just went you know totally vertical this all collapses and everything is one and we're, you know, we're all one with all of it. And Mm -hmm. this is just like a dice, you know, it's a dissection of oneness. That's how we could look at that. That's what's meant by the microcosm. Right. And um, I think when we, when we reach that point where we can fully, fully embody here, then we have that direct line of, of consciousness that, you know, there's, we've filtered out so many of the distortions that we're able to just be in flow and that, that energy flows up from below and it flows down from above. Right. Right. It's like the antenna. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was fantastic. That was a beautiful explanation. You did have it memorized off the top of your head. (laughs) Yeah. Um, It's how I see things. So it's, yeah, it's easy. Yeah. Right. I'm also currently teaching a class in it, so I'm pretty in it at the moment, too. Right. So yeah. tell us a little bit more about your book that's coming up, um, where people can find you, what you offer, and we'll start wrapping it up. Okay. Yeah. Um, so more about the book is going to go into that story that I shared about touching that device in Antarctica um, gave me a lot of information about the structure and form of the planet and the devices and technologies and science behind it, uh, science that comes from another planet. Um, so that's in there. Um, a lot of the energy activations for our DNA and for our connection and harmonization with the planet are in there. And a lot of healing practices for working through and going inside of some of these difficult emotions and experiences like shame, blame, guilt, fear, anger, resentment, you know, ways to process and work with all of these. Um, And then touching on, you know, it's also touches on the ways in which we are can step more into empowerment of our joy and our you know uh creation and creative energy here and like really actually you know um be thriving uh so mm-hmm. that's um there's also a there will be um so hopefully that's going to be done by the beginning of summer and there will be uh a course attached to it so it's meant to be it's been designed to be a living workshop so people can buy the book by, you know, by itself and go through it themselves. Um, but I will be leading it as a group through an activation process where they're having an opportunity of group support and one-on-one support. Um, I also create uh, sacred water essences 
that allow for support through the vibration of water that are encoded with light languages and crystals and different things. Um, it really speaks to the subconscious, the water, um, and that that percentage. Again, our bodies are you know mostly water. The planet's mostly water. We didn't really go into inner Earth much, but there's a lot of water happening there. Um, so this is a way to communicate without words. So again, words are limited. So that's a part of that as well. Uh, and those are available. I have those on Etsy and on my site. The first chapter of the book, as well as myself, you can find it at bethrachel.com. And um, yeah, I offer all different kinds of healing. I do obviously work a lot with trauma and repatterning the subconscious, but you don't have to have the kind of trauma I have uh, to um, to work on releasing limitations and coming more into your power. Everybody needs that as far as I'm concerned. Mm -hmm. uh, I do work with, you know, light language some. We work with uh, beliefs a lot. And, you know, I would say some coaching in there as well. Um, Great. It sounds, it sounds amazing. I can't wait for it. From what I've read already, guys, I'm not just saying this to flatter her on air. It really is uh it, it really is brilliant the first chapter is incredible and if if that's any uh sign of what's to come for the rest of the book i'm really looking forward to it and since you mentioned inner earth i'll give you five minutes to explain what you know about inner earth starting <laughs> now okay five minutes um so i will say there are many different crystal cities and there are are also there's different depths of cities, right? So there's some cities that are closer to the, the core. There's some that are a little bit more uh, closer to the surface. Part of the reason Mount Shasta is so well-known and Telos is so well-known is because it's actually pretty close to the surface. So that's why there's been more interactions with the people inside. Um, and different cities, uh, they have you know, different ways that they, they work with the energy of Earth, but they all work with the energy of Earth. They all work with water and plants a lot. Um, they have different transportation systems than we do. And they all connect, but they're not, it's not a giant mass. It's more like, um, I've heard it described as honeycomb, which I think is pretty accurate mm -hmm. um, as far as my experience has been. And, you know, my primary experiences with uh, the the Crystal Cities was for healing. You know, so when I was like on the brink of death and then some recovery. So um, I can tell you they have crystal beds for healing that are programmed to everyone's specific DNA. So the reason they work and they work so well is that when they put you in them, it automatically matches to the vibration of your DNA in its optimal state, and it brings you into that frequency. Um, what else? I'm like trying to trying to get as much in as quick as I can. Um, what else? What else? Um, there are some some cities that are are really deep, um, quite close to the planetary core that we don't see, um, you know, we don't see a whole lot from, but they're doing, they're doing really big, important work. And most recently, um, a lot of Arcturians are actually incarnating into that space to help move things along. I can also tell you that inner earth people, um, 
they're basically humans. They're, they're us without all the toxins, without all the suppression, without all the limitation. DNA um, switched off. What's that? DNA switched off, junk DNA. DNA, DNA uh-huh, switched, switched off. off. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually have some very interesting information in the, in the book about, about DNA that, that was not switched off. So I think there's hope for us. Um, yay. yay. Uh, and, um, a lot of them, you know, um, they want to help us. I think that's really what I'm trying to say. They want to help. Um, they are, they are cautious. They have been, you know, they're, a lot of them are, they're still playing light and dark too. They do it differently because they have a different level of consciousness than we do, you know, but, um, and the dark's always trying to get into their cities and try to get the codes. And I've been put in that position before where I was the one that was supposed to get the code or somebody was going to die or, you know, it's like, um, so that's, that's something there that's always happening. So it doesn't not exist there. It's just, it's different. Um, Mm -hmm. um, I feel like the matrix is kind of like it worked. It's, it's pretty accurate as far as some of that. Um, You're talking you know, about when, the movie. The yeah. Movie, when yeah, they yeah. start going into inner earth, like not completely, but there's definitely a lot of veins of truth in that. I think, um, I think the way they, they depict inner earth as being like um, a very dark place, a yeah, cold I place. I way. think, I think they did that in the movie to throw us off. They don't want us to know, like, yeah. they don't want to put the idea in our minds how beautiful it could be down there. Yeah. Um, it's very beautiful mm-hmm. and very kind. And there's all kinds of animals that we don't have here that they have there. And there's just a completely different sense of harmony. Right. And, um, you know, it's a huge inner ocean that's not polluted. Um, yeah. And they do have technologies that they want to share, you know, they're, they're, they're waiting for us to get to a point, which I'm hoping is soon, you know, but, um, get to a point where working with us is, is, um, you know, I I don't think it's not that they feel, um, like it's dangerous to them, but it's more like they don't, they want it to actually be used, you know, it's like, right. Really, well, we have to, be, to really be ready to, to right. use it so it's not just like for nothing. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. Or we'll take it, matter, you know, go ahead. How, it's just a matter of how are things going to play out to where, because it's almost like to me, like I see this big split happening where like there's like a lot of people awakening and um, like growing spiritually and awakening and and then there's a lot of people getting deeper in the fear and more in the fear and more, more mind controlled and programmed and angry and negative. Uh, and it's like, how is this, it's got to play out somehow. Cause I, it's, I don't think it's going to be like, Oh, the whole planet just suddenly is on the same page. What uh, I've seen. How's that going to play out? No, no. And people are dying from the jab and from things. And it's like, yeah, there's threats of World War Three is going to break out. You know, like how is this going to play out? Are like are millions of people going to die before things get better, or is there going to be some kind of like, you know, Dolores Cannon always talked about the actual split where like five D Earth and three D Earth, and like at some point it's gradual until at some point like we won't perceive each other and we'll be on two completely separate vibrational Earths. It, like, but how is that going to play out? You know, right? Yeah. What did you see? 
What what do you think Beth? about all that? Yeah. Uh, what I always get shown is that um, there's basically going to be um, cities that emerge that are self-sustaining in certain pockets in the world. And I've been told that these are actually already being created that are in connection and working with inner earth. I have not seen them yet. And I'm like, well, I would like an invitation if that's true, you know, but, um, right. uh, you know, and that these will be in, in certain pockets, uh, and, and grow, um, and beyond that, we'll sort of see what happens, like, right. um, as far as, um, you know, makes a lot of sense. yeah, and, um, so the inner earth beings will be helping assist in creating those cities, I guess. Uh, and they're going to be, obviously, they're going to have to integrate. It's all going to have to be integrated somehow. And they can't necessarily exist on the surface anyway right now. It, it would actually be detrimental to their health and their energy body. Um, even like negative thoughts affect them because they're yeah. existing in a higher uh, density. So, and to to define yeah. what you were talking about, there's like a the surface level and then the civilizations lower closer to the core. That's the difference between, from my understanding, hollow earth and inner earth. So inner earth is like the Agartha network that exists near the surface. And then the hollow earth are the cities that we hear like Admiral Byrd went to that you would enter through the poles. Um, I think that's like just a good that even like deeper right yeah yeah yeah. but near the core but anyway that's just one way to define it i would say yeah no i think that's a good way to define it and i have been shown one that yeah goes pretty pretty close to the core not necessarily right at the core but what i get shown at the core is, is like these four chambers it's definitely not made of uh metal right. <laughs> yeah yeah right yeah and the point is not the mantle is not like because they try to of course they tell us oh yeah there's nothing but lava on the inside yeah, so you're not going to go looking there <laughs> burn up, so burn up no one's ever going to think to so we're programmed to think life can only exist on the outside of a planet oh you know something wrong. crazy is that the life on the outside of the planet is one percent of the entire planet i believe and it humans are 0.01% of that. Wow. So <laughs> I just always like to say that so that we take that in for a moment and recognize that like, that's what it means to be part of oneness. Like yeah. that's what we need to expand into. We need to go from like 0.01 to, you know, into right. the, the whole percent mm -hmm. of what's happening. perspective a bit. Yeah, it does, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, your five minutes is up. No, okay. <laughs> I'm joking. Uh, no, that was amazing. Thank you uh, for yeah explaining you. that. You know, inner earth is one of the things we love talking about, and yeah, it's one of my you. favorite subjects. You know, and uh, yeah. so I'm, I'm, I did want to just say that in my experience, because I have um, I have had inner earth beings come up to the surface, and I do think that they have ways of protecting themselves. Uh, from our toxins and and whatnot um maybe not all of them but in my experience they have um it's and and it's more of like they don't want to get caught up in our drama like we're so addicted to drama right now like that's i think more than anything it's like that's the toxicity they don't want is like sure right yeah. that makes sense 
Uh, Lowell Johnson claims he's been in Telos and he got invited and he he gives his whole story of the whole tour he was given and describes it. And it's amazing. But he says the, the reason he was invited in there is because he was at a certain level, at a certain vibration. And and they said he proved he could hold a five dimensional consciousness mm. enough that like he could handle it, basically. And mm. and uh, it's almost like it's almost like you have to be at a certain level for them to even really interact with you. Right. Otherwise, it's going to be detrimental to you and to them. Almost. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that they're going to invite the like junkie, you know, on the corner. <laughs> Right, right, right. <laughs> or if you're, if you're not healed enough, you know, because especially if you know they're they're very telepathic and and empathic, empathic beings, so they're feeling everything you're feeling and your your emotions, and that, that's affecting them. Like a lot of ETs, you know, I've heard right. this a lot. Where like they're like your negative, your your fear, your negative emotions actually hurt them physically. Right. That's what I was um, trying to say. Yeah. Same with these inner earth beings. So if they're going to come up and interact with you and you're you're hurting them with your fear and your negative emotions constantly you know right it's and then it's and then they're gonna if you're not ready for what people would perceive as aliens or these crazy you know beings that it could frighten a lot of people and that could cause you know so you got to understand like uh we have to be we have to do the work and we have to be ready for because everyone wants disclosure everyone wants contact well, it's like, well, what are you doing to be prepared? What are you, how are you right. facilitating that, you know? Instead of yeah. sitting in our comment section telling us how we should do things. Right, right. Instead of demanding it immediately, <laughs> right. like some people, like they're, you know, like they're paying angry. us or something. Yeah. Right. I guess I just haven't experienced them as being um, so vulnerable. Um, my experience of them has been uh, um, like a thicker skin than that. But um, well, they probably have ways of yeah mitigating. And you know, there's different groups. There's, there's different, definitely different. There's different groups. groups. Yeah. yeah, there's different. Absolutely. Beings. Yeah. Uh, that's why we can't. You know, just like you can't. There's no across the board. I right. think the bottom line is is that a lot of them are willing to communicate telepathically, and this is what I always suggest to people that it's like if you want to start establishing i communicate with them you know all the time telepathically so it's like if you want to start establishing that relationship and it's a goal of yours then yeah. start start checking in telepathically like right i did that yeah. and i have i have one manifest in in my basement and went show right. up uh, yeah literally <clears throat> well you are ready but still like because you right. weren't ready yeah it was it was pretty maybe wild, now but... you would be an yeah. inner earth portal or an inner uh, earth being? A being. Yeah, they, uh, it's a whole story. It's a long story. But the, the gist of it was I was, all I did was, I, I all I was doing was trying to connect with an inner earth being at the time. Like it was, I became obsessed with it. And, and literally like after doing this for like two months, a month, two months straight every night, trying to telepathically communicate, I, I had a series of events happen and one one phased into my basement they weren't fully physical um and it was a blonde tall female and basically telepathically she told me honey you're not ready <laughs> and it was this whole download of like why i don't why my focus should have been on other things instead of trying to communicate with them at the time mm -hmm. and they kind of like steered me the direction i should have been going 
and they said they'll still be there always but it's not um it wasn't time like that wasn't what i should be worried about you know I love those humbling moments, don't right. you? Like, yeah. I remember having this experience when I was, I think, 19 or 20, um, working with this Lumerian crystal. And I I, I went through this, like, a, like not, it was not a physical teleport- teleportation, but like a, it was a, it was a definite spiritual bilocation to the Pleiades. And there's this gorgeous, you know, Pleiadian woman standing there and I'm asking her all these questions, all these questions, you know, and she just, she looked at me and said, shh, and then turned into this beam of light. And I was like, okay, got it. Yeah. Right. (laughs) All right. Got it. My favorite is when uh, Daryl James told his story about encountering one of these like Arcturians or something. I I forget which being, it might not have been Arcturians, but he said they start, they like almost shapeshifted to mimic him and and started mocking, like showing him how he looked because he was kind of complaining. And so they almost were like uh, mimicking him, just like mocking him, basically. A little and, cosmic clowning. Right, exactly. Yeah. Like this, like yeah. to show him what he looked like, how silly he looked and yeah. like grow up, you know, basically. Um, this has right. been amazing. Thank you so much it's for joining amazing. us. Um, guys, go check out her website. Go read the first chapter of her book. Book a session with her. And uh, we look forward to the rest of the book. I can't wait for that. Thank you for joining us. Thank you guys for tuning in. We love you all. We hope to see you at the conference. Grab a ticket if you can make it. If you can't, grab a live stream pass. It's going to be a really cool enhanced experience this year. We look forward to seeing you guys there. Uh, have a great evening. We love you. And good night. Thank you. There was a CIA director named William Colby, who in the 1980s said, we'll know our disinformation campaigns are successful when everything the American people believe is fake. When we realize how powerful we are when we set our intentions and we realize that we aren't just this, we are just these multi-dimensional light beings and time is an illusion and you know, it's everything's a perception then you can go forward and backwards and and embody it and just pop out and go and do this work. You can do amazing things when we set the right intentions to do it. And I said, this is, this is us on this plane. You know, like that's what this is. We're going to the moon. And he said, this thing is a lot older than you think it is. And we've been going to the moon a long time, but I wrote on it. I knew that we went to the moon. And so I always knew there was a base on the moon from a young age. And our DNA is a complex, recording system of the history of the entire universe the history you know of of everything that not just this timeline that we know but multiple timelines of reality there are a total of nine different categories of planets uh, in the universe Uh, we people on earth we are living on a category one planet like elementary school students and the theobans they are living on a category nine planet like uh, college professors So they have been really guiding us throughout history. Teokum let us know that this facility under the Sandia Mountain is considered an information station for interstellar travelers coming to the planet. They tell us that their facility was retrofitted into the ancient tunnel system that already existed. And as far as the bending of space-time continuum, 
I've had something like that happen. And what seemed like about a five minute encounter has been four and a half hours of missing time. And I was completely conscious. And when you're dealing with a type three, type four, type five civilizations that can work with the different coexisting timelines, all bets are off, man. <laughs> <laughs> you know, every time we have Bigfoot activity out there, we're having ETs and orbs and stuff like that. We have a lot of the stuff documented. As a matter of fact, um, I'm a member of three different teams and I work with people from all over the country out in the field. And um, we actually have documented a portal, something that we consider to be a portal um, opening. And we sent two of our team members inside of it. And really? It disappeared and then came back out. I would suggest that we take it one step further and say humanity has never known who we are. We've always been in the thought control matrix. And one step further, perhaps we could say that we're in a conscious, consciously controlled state of hypnosis. In other words, are the thought control matrix creators constantly bombarding us with frequencies that keep us from being telepathic, that keep us from remembering who we are? The thought control matrix was set up and we have never known our potential, our power, our yeah. beauty, our, our, our incredible connection. It makes no sense at all. There is no reason for it other than the programming that we've received for generations because it's all about order. It's all about listen to listen to your elders, listen to the teachers, listen to the adults, listen, listen, listen. And what that does is it, it, it dims the light of the child and it makes them feel like they don't have a voice. And why that's designed that way by the dark side and that's in the system is so that they grow up and they just listen to and they do what they're told and they're good little boys and good little girls and they lose their sense of self. They lose their north, their true north. Yeah. So many adults are walking around in, the, in this world. They don't know who they are. So the planet itself is now beginning to split. It's beginning to divide again into a higher vibrational earth and a lower vibrational earth and the race of man is dividing with it and we're becoming less and less aware of one another and over time what will happen and i don't know how long this will be one world will have all higher vibrational beings on it and the other one will all be third dimensional beings and we will not perceive each other anymore <laughs>